2.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the August 25th edition of the sunny side of sports. It's ladies first once again on Thursday's show. Zimbabwe's World Boxing Council interim super bantamweight champion Kuda Kwashe Chirwandire is training for a title defense. And she's also showing gratitude as boxing gives her a powerful new purpose in life. Michael Cariotti has this profile for us from Harare, Zimbabwe. Boxing has taken Zimbabwe's World Boxing Council, WBC, interim super bantamweight champion, Kudakwashe Chwandiri, out of poverty in a country enmeshed in serious economic problems. Chwandiri, who holds the WBC title at the expense of Zambia's Catherine Piri, has quit a job as a hairdresser as boxing has given her a new lease of life. With the way it is now, when I was a hairdresser, I can't compare it. Some things have, have changed. I've managed to build my mother's house, which was uh, impossible to do when I was still doing uh, hairdressing. So I think I've managed to do something tangible. Now the single mother of two says she no longer has to line up in the streets to tout for hairdressing clients and boxing is now her food. I'm now a boxer full time. Her manager and trainer, Clyde Msonda, a Malawi national, says Wandere's fighting style is unique. Uh, speed. I like uh, she's got a lot of speed and the punches are hard. It's my style. The female boxer is one of the few who had had the opportunity to visit the Zimbabwean State House to meet Zimbabwe President Emerson Munangagwa. Munangagwa gave her 15,000 as a thank you for raising the Zimbabwean and the African flag high after winning the WBC title. She says she used the money from the state president to complete a parent's house whose leaking roof during the rain season had been a cause of I built my mother's house. That 15K, I built my mother's house and I was left with nothing. But I want to thank the president. The only female WBC world champion in Africa is preparing to defend her WBC silver belt against Mexico's Zulina Munoz. She has no illusions about where she stands in the fight. My uh, training and my preparations, all is well. I'm just waiting for the mesh to be on. And, you know, they've changed the date. They've postponed the fight because there's no money. There's confusion between the ministry and the government. I don't know. But as for me, I'm ready. Chiwandere's ultimate dream is to win the WBC Gold Super Bantamweight title that is in the hands 
of another Mexican, Yamilethi Mercado. But for the Zimbabwean, so far, it is so good. For the Sony side of sport, this is Michael Kariati in Harare, Zimbabwe. Thanks, Michael. From Zimbabwe, let's go to Ghana, where some of Africa's best boxers have honed their skills in the country's gyms. Yawafusu Larbi reports from Accra, Ghana. Boxing, the country's pride. It is a sport that has brought incredible amounts of joy to the people of Ghana. From DK Poison, who won the first world title in 1975, to Imano Tego, Ghana has an incredible pedigree in the sport. With 10 boxing world champions, four Olympic medalists, and a busload of Commonwealth and African title winners, Ghana can make a claim as one of Africa's top countries in the sport. DK Poison puts Ghana on the map, but the man who actually kept Ghana's name at the top was Azuma Nelson. Nelson, as well as DK Poison, all began at the Akotoku Boxing Gym in the heart of the boxing crazy suburb of Accra, Bukum. Akotoku is an open-air boxing gym that has produced one too many boxers, many of whom look up to the greats the boxing gym has produced. In dark conditions here, champions are made. No pain, no guts, no gain, no glory is the inscription on the walls of the Atokwashi Boxing Gym at the foot of the Gulf of Guinea in Jamestown. Founded in 1981, the gym has become one of the most distinguished boxing gyms in the country. It has produced the likes of WBC International and Commonwealth middleweight champion James Obeditoni, former Commonwealth super middleweight champion Charles the Crusader Adamu, former two-time bantamweight champion Joseph Agbeko, and Joshua the Hitter Clotte. Joseph Agbeko has a record of 43 fights with 38 wins, 5 losses, and 28 knockouts to his name. Agbeko tells the story of how he started and how he got to the top. He highlights the gyms he started in, how he settled at the Atokwashi gym, and how he managed to shape his professional career. Atokwashi is where I, uh, I settled. That's where the late coach uh, Aloe started training me, Coach uh, Adama, who was on my, at my corner when I won the World Championship, that was when they all started uh, training me. In the gym, uh, there's a lot of motivation in the gym, not uh, financially or anything, but people are there every day, living their job, living everything they are doing to come and watch you, to come and boost your morale so you can work hard. But whenever we get outside the country and we are fighting for Ghana, we don't think about anything apart from Ghana. It's not only by the skill that we get or the training that we've trained. All that plays a part, but the major one that plays part is thinking about your home and what will happen to them when you win and what they will do to you if you lose. And that is the biggest motivation that has, I mean, uh, kept me going. King Kong Agbeko reflects also on how Ghanaians hailed him when he won his first title belt after he defeated Luis Alberto Perez in 2007. And the feeling, you know, the feeling from when I won my first title, uh, it was something else because when I won in the ring, I can't believe it. 
because that has been my dream from the beginning. When I went, we went back to our hotel, I actually slept with my belt because my belt was my girlfriend. It was lying beside me because this is what I've been dreaming of from the one that I decided to be a boxer. When you win a title, you know, your peop- our people, Ghanaians, they will always celebrate you. From Bukum in Accra, this is Yao Fusulabi for the sunny side of sports. Thanks, Yao. Ghana won five medals at the recent Commonwealth Games in England, and Ghanaian boxers won three of them. Abraham Mensah won a silver medal in the men's bantamweight division. Joseph Comey won another silver medal in the men's featherweight division. And Abdul Omar won a bronze in the men's light welterweight division. The International Basketball Federation, FIBA, says it's lined up programs in Africa Zone 3. The countries in the zone are, in alphabetical order, Benin, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Ivory Coast, Liberia, Niger, Nigeria, and Togo. FIBA says the programs are a boys and girls under 16 tournament, champions club for women, and qualifying games for season three of the Basketball Africa League. To find out more, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with the president of FIBA Africa Zone 3, Colonel Sam Amedu retired. The program is uh, built in, in language FIBA group programs. We have the Ronda C16 for which is the qualifier for the Africa Ronda system for 2020 2023. That one is coming up in in October. This year in Benin. The day after, we have the Champions Club uh, competition for, for women, which is slated for in Nigeria. And uh, then we also have the BL qualifiers, which, which, which will be hosted by uh, one of the teams that have qualified for the BL. So, so those are the projects that we have. Besides that, we, we are developing our players, running camps, and, 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 and doing a lot of other things. Those are the programs that we are doing. Then FIBA is training our referees and our coaches directly. Uh, the zone has submitted the names. FIBA have, have shortlisted them. And so now we are now, um, the, the, the training is ongoing. Where is the training taking place? And um, how many coaches... How many coaches and referees are involved? Yeah, yeah, there are 15 coaches drawn from across the zone. The, the training has taken place in Kotonou and in Togo. So it, it, it's, it's face by face. They started, they stopped, but now after the under 18 championship in, in Madagascar, they will now uh, continue. What, what's your fake on the under 18 and under 16? In fact, the youth championship within the jurisdiction of uh, FIBA Africa Zone 3. Yeah. Uh, those competitions are there. Uh, unfortunately, some of our work, some of the some of the some of the countries in the in the zone have been Nakadesika. I can count on countries who are really concerned about the youth tournament in the zone is Benin. It's concerned that they have been they participating. Besides that, a lot of other countries have, have been laid back. So, but uh, well, you can force it also the river, but you can't force it to drink. So, but we are hoping that with the new incentive from FIBA, whereby they are bearing the cost of, of some of the 
some of the accommodation and feeding costs for some of the teams, it will it will motivate them. But efforts have been made. Uh, letters have been written, meetings have been held by everybody. Since, especially after the, the COVID, a lot of people have been, have been lethargic in, in springing up back to their life. So yeah, that is it. Sir, the Basketball Africa League, the third season, is scheduled for next year. How many teams are... Are expected to make it from uh, your zone? Well, we, 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 well, I don't know because right now we we we, we, we don't have a, we don't have an automatic qualifier from the zone because in Nigeria we shot Nigeria we 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 shot our, we shot ourselves on the foot. We are by FIBA uh, disqualified our champion. Our place was taken over by Morocco, and incidentally, the, the the Moroccan team went to win the ball. So FIBA is still looking at whether to retain them or to or to bring us back. From the way it's looking, it's not looking like we are coming back because we have not organized our our league up up till now. So, but we but we hope that something will, will be done soon. That's Colonel Sam Amedu, retired, the president of FIBA Africa Zone 3. And Colonel Sam spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye in Lagos, Nigeria. This is Colonel Sam Amedu, retired, president FIBA Africa Zone 3. You are once more listening to Sunny Side of Sports on the Voice of America. Thank you very much and have a good day. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's newsmaker interview program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at VOANews.com or connect with us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Carol Castiel VOA or on Twitter at Carol Castiel VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Thanks, Carol. You can also connect with the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. The Professional Golfers Association Tour is overhauling its schedule and sweetening player compensation. The big PGA Tour changes come in response to the threat posed by the new Saudi-backed Live Golf Series. Our friend George McNeely is in the southern U.S. city of Atlanta, Georgia, where he's covering first-round action at the season-ending Tour Championship. And George tells us more about the PGA Tour changes. As you might expect, we've talked to a lot of those in contention this week. In fact, we'll hear from Masters champion Scotty Scheffler shortly. But first, in the aftermath of last week's players-only meeting, 
the PGA Tour and its commissioner, Jay Monahan, have announced sweeping changes to the way it does business, including guaranteed prize money known as an earnings assurance program and elevated status events next season with the highest purses it's ever awarded. When you've got an organization that has a history that runs 54 years and number one, again, competitively is the best system to identify the best players in the world and put them in a position to achieve at the highest level. Number two, because of that, provides a platform that allows them to build their own respective businesses and brands and to be able to do the things independently that they're able to do. It shouldn't come as a surprise that Monaghan is bullish on the future. History, tradition, impact. You know, life is all about purpose. I think that's on clear display today. The fact that we, day in and day out, come into a community like this, revitalize it, uh, are a partner to it, leave it better than we found it. There's so much depth to what we do and continuing to focus on that, you know, as the leader of this organization, as the leader of the players that we have, that, that's where all of my focus has and will always be. Those high ideals the commissioner espouses have been a large component of what the PGA Tour is all about. Yet it's been under intense fire from the upstart rival Live Golf Tour and defecting players. So on Wednesday here in Atlanta, Monaghan announced a comprehensive player compensation plan featuring guaranteed prize money, travel stipend for non-exempt players in need of a helping hand, and the addition of four more tournaments this coming season with elevated purses which would bring the total to a dozen events with a total payout of $20 million or more each. You can read more at PGATour.com. For now, we're here for the final event of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the Tour Championship, as top seed Scotty Scheffler begins opening round play with a rare two-shot advantage in this unique staggered leaderboard format. I think what's going to probably work best for me this week is just to look at it like a four-day event um, and not really kind of ignore the, the whole starting strokes deal and just kind of go out there and do my thing and see where it puts me at the end of four days. Scheffler aiming to be Sunday's winner and earn a top prize of $18 million. In other news, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy are launching a tech-infused golf league in partnership with the PGA Tour. So you know it will be additive and not disruptive to their day jobs. Set to launch in January of 2024, it features players competing on six three-man teams in 15 regular season matches and a playoff all on Monday nights, each event with a duration of about two hours. Promoters say they'll be paying out a boatload of money, their words, and conversations are underway with potential media rights holders. So stay tuned. For the sunny side of sports, I'm George McNeely at the Tour Championship in Atlanta. Thanks, George. And yes, stay tuned for more of George's golf updates from the Tour Championship in Atlanta. And stay tuned for more of the sunny side of sports. Hello. 
This is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. Now let's go to Los Angeles, California, where Kobe Bryant's widow has won her case over the photos from the site of the helicopter crash that killed the basketball star and their daughter in 2020. The AP's Ben Thomas has the verdict. A federal jury awarded Vanessa Bryant $16 million for emotional distress as part of a $31 million verdict against Los Angeles County after deputies and firefighters shared grisly photos of the NBA star, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, and other victims taken at the scene of the 2020 helicopter crash. Jurors agreed with Bryant and her attorneys that her privacy was invaded. In tearful testimony, Vanessa Bryant said news of the photos compounded her grief. County attorneys argued they were necessary to assess the scene, but acknowledged while never made public, they should not have been shared with everyone who saw them. Kobe Bryant would have turned 44 this week. I'm Ben Thomas. Thanks, Ben. Vanessa Bryant was joined in court Wednesday by her oldest daughter, Natalia. Vanessa Bryant cried when the verdict was read and then left the courthouse without addressing the media. An update now on the Women's National Basketball Association playoffs. Four teams remain in contention for the trophy. They are the Seattle Storm, the Las Vegas Aces, the Connecticut Sun, and the defending champion Chicago Sky. On Wednesday night, Connecticut defeated the host Dallas Wings in Texas 73-58 to to win the best of three playoff series two games to one. Dewana Bonner scored a game-high 21 points for Connecticut. Now, Dewana is a two-time WNBA champion. She lifted the trophy in 2009 and 2014 when she played for the Phoenix Mercury. Bonner and the Connecticut Sun will next play the Chicago Sky in a best-of-five series that tips off on Sunday. The defending champion Sky defeated the Phoenix Mercury three games to one in the 2021 WNBA Finals. More basketball news. Nine-time NBA champion Steve Kerr The head coach of the defending champion Golden State Warriors is one of the big names who will participate in the 18th Basketball Without Borders Africa camp in Cairo, Egypt. The training camp will be held from August 28th to August 31st at the Hassan Mustafa Indoor Sports Complex in Cairo. That venue in the Egyptian capital also hosted games 
during season two of the Men's Basketball Africa League. The Basketball Without Borders Africa camp will bring together more than 60 of Africa's top male and female players ages 18 and under. In addition to Coach Kerr, Wes Unsell Jr., the head coach of the NBA's Washington Wizards team, is also scheduled to participate in Cairo, as well as the big man from the Democratic Republic of Congo, Hall of Famer Dikembe Mutombo. Meanwhile, another Congolese player, Bismack Biombo of the Phoenix Suns, is getting ready for his 12th NBA season. Biombo spoke with VOA about his basketball journey and his charitable foundation. I'm Bismack Biombo, a child of Africa. I stepped onto a basketball court at the age of 13 in Lubumbashi. I have a dream to play in the NBA, and at some point that dream turned into a goal like I can achieve it and I must achieve it, and I'm going for it, you know, and nothing's going to stop me. As a kid, you know, they say you dream big, and you obviously got to know your dream, see your dream, and go get it, right? But you need the support of people around you. And I was lucky enough to have, you know, parents that supported me. It was not an option to turn around and fail because I, I was lucky enough that my dad and my, obviously eventually my mom believed so much in my dreams that they were willing to sacrifice and put out their own money for me to chase my dreams. We made those decisions for a purpose and we live in a dream and now we set bigger goals and we're going for it. In 2012, we launched the Bismarck Biombo Foundation to provide opportunities to children of the Democratic Republic of Congo. I grew up in an environment where giving was easy for my family. My mom, my dad, they enjoy giving that for us it become like second nature. So as uh, a day before I go home, I decided like, I'm going to uh, buy some shoes uh, call our equipment manager, just get a bunch of stuff, jerseys, short t-shirt. And I'll go home and give these kids, you know, um, an opportunity to have like new pair of shoes and uh, all these things because I didn't have a brand new pair of shoes, you know. So I spent my 16 years of being young wearing somebody else's shoes pretty much, you know. So I'm going to do a basketball camp and I will be... Uh, the DJ, I will be the coach. It was too overwhelmed for me, but the joy you receive from them, I think I was so grateful for it. Um, I remember going that day to bed or sleep like a baby. The foundation is currently building an international school in the Bombashi. And each year we award more than 150 scholarships within the DRC and the US. My job becomes to inspire uh, kids across Congo and make sure that we give all of them an equal opportunity. A more accessible and affordable healthcare is also at the center of our mission through our medical facility renovation, training, and equipment donations. There's an opportunity to make an impact, and I don't want to waste it.
my dad was 61, and for the first time, you know, he checked into the hospital. It's just one of those days you wake up, you have a feeling like I have to go home and take care of my dad. Um, the situation was perhaps worse than I expected. If anybody would have told me to give up all my money for my dad, I would have, you know. And it's just, you know, nothing mattered at that moment but to help my dad get healthier. But when that didn't happen now, and that my dad has passed. So from that moment, I think the words, basketball, everything stopped, you know. And I realized that I couldn't quit basketball because of what happened to my dad. You know, he'd be so disappointed because he knew how much I love basketball and he knew how much basketball have allowed me to help a lot of people. So, um, then when I called my agent, what I, what I kind of told him was, I'm going to play the game again because I think I'm ready. But also, we use this year's salary to help people back home. And, and I want to build my dad an hospital that will continue servicing people because he believed in one guy, which is me. And now we get to do it for him. <laughs> That's Bismack Biombo of the NBA's Phoenix Suns team, and he spoke with VOA from the western U.S. city of Phoenix, Arizona. And that wraps up the August 25th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side.